Hello, hello. Welcome to another Hometown Daily News show. This is for November 15th, 2022. I hope uh, you had a good weekend. Your Monday wasn't too bad. And uh, today's Tuesday. Let me turn this down. Hello, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Oh, you know what? I did it again. There you go. There's hometown.com. That's what powers this show, the hometown daily news show. Aggregates about 200 news sources. A lot of them are uh, lower volume news organizations that uh, my aggregator just doesn't see much action from, and some of them are very popular and very busy. And between Sunday and Monday, Monday and Tuesday, I have about, I don't know, probably close to a thousand messages that come rolling through. And by messages, I mean the little snippets of news articles that allow me to get uh, and understand a bead on what's going on online through hometown. Maybe that can help you out too if you're interested in that kind of thing. I certainly am. I use it all day, every day. And what I've done is I've turned it into a new show. So go over to hometown.com, become a citizen, and you can sign up for various categories create news, education, entertainment, social, and technology. And then there's a little podcast one where you can listen to the podcast form of this arguably every day. I know that I have fallen behind a day um, in the last couple of days. I'm a day behind right now. I'll post it tonight and um, you'll be able to enjoy yesterday's show tonight and then tonight's show via hopefully YouTube and here over on Twitch. Of course, it's a VOD. I'll post the show notes as soon as possible. And uh, let's get into today's news. The title for today is From Buttoned Up Stream Deck to Missed Deadline and More News. It'll make sense as we go through it. So this year's ugly uh, Microsoft sweater has a suggestion for you. It's clippy. This article is sourced from Ars Technica. And they say that they're not always a fan of corporate whimsy like brands, Twitter accounts that have attitude or when companies put together cringeworthy April Fool's Day pranks. But they do enjoy Microsoft's now yearly tradition of releasing ugly sweaters with retro Windows patterns printed on them. And two years ago, the patterns were MS Paint and Windows logo themed. Last year's was a paid homage to Windows 3.1 era Minesweeper. And this year brings back an old frenemy, Clippy. Let's take a look. Yeah. I don't know if that's really ugly sweater, though. I kind of dig it. Definitely get us some conversation brewing around the office if I were to walk in wearing that. Although, I like the SNL Clippy. This year's ugly sweater from Microsoft has a suggestion for you. It's Clippy. Andrew Cunningham over at Ars Technica wrote this article. Go check out Ars Technica. Uh, there's not really much to say about this. It is an ugly-ish sweater 
with Clippy sitting on a bunch of paper and paper and snowflakes flying around a cursor on each arm and a green neckline with the ever-present frustration bar referred to as uh, the tab and spacing bar, I suppose. I don't remember what it's really called. And it says, Happy Holidays, where Clippy is sitting on this stack of paper. I don't know. Though his days as a ubiquitous Microsoft Office mascot ended when Office 2007 was released, Clippy has found a second life as Windows 11 version of the paperclip emoji. No, just no. But you can get it, apparently. The Clippy sweater is available in sizes small through 3XL. I may just get the 3XL so I can be lost in the whimsy, I suppose. Costs $75 no matter what size you get. Oh, right. So the the bigger shirts or the bigger sweaters are carried by the smaller ones, I suppose, right? I mean, there's more fabric in a 3XL. I mean, it's 3XL. Shouldn't it be more money? I don't know. Microsoft says that it'll donate $100,000 to the College Success Foundation as part of its promotional efforts around the sweater. Pretty neat. Thanks, Andrew Cunningham. Go over to arstechnica.com and check out this article. You can follow the link. It's in the show notes. You can go through hometown. Check it out. The next article is in the uh, Smack Talk channel. Elgato's Stream Deck Plus has buttons, a big touch bar, and knobs. I suppose anybody with a stream deck is a knob. I have a stream deck. It's right there. I'll I'll put it on camera there. It's right there. That's where it is. Right over there. Anyway, um, so it's okay. I can say that, right? Anyway, I've actually seen this before. I saw it on Ometown, and it's pretty cool. I dig it. I want it. It started to sound like Ariana Grande there. Anyway, Andrew Orr over at appleinsider.com put this art- article together. And um, yeah, it's 200 bucks. has four knobs, which are also buttons, and a swipe bar that's touch sensitive, and eight buttons that are programmable. And you can rotate through them with one of the knobs if you program that knob to do that. Otherwise, it would be static. But I think this is pretty cool. Um, so I have a stream deck, right? The XL right now. Um, but I also have a beacon, uh, mix create and a beacon microphone and the stream deck with these buttons actually creates additional channels, um, from my understanding. So I may be getting this so that I can add additional peripherals that I can control, uh, with greater fidelity. Um, and I, I think this might work. I, I, it's going to be a, a lot of fun trying to figure it out. I'll I'll spend the money to uh, try or buy, I suppose. Users can personalize the LCD keys and touch strip. I have the older uh, Stream Deck XL. I bought it right before they released the one where you can change the um, face panel and stuff like that. Anyway, um, the hardware controller has eight LCD keys, four push dials, and a dynamic touch strip. The previous version had 15 LED buttons, but that was a great device, as we found 
in 2021 review, and users can personalize those LCD keys and touch strip with Elgato's library of icon packs and backgrounds. The dials can be refitted with uh, silver or gold caps that the company sells separately. Pretty neat. I dig it. It's available now, unlike its 4K camera. I'm pretty disappointed in availability of the camera. I want the camera, and now I want this. Yeah, I'm turning into an Ariana Grande song. Not as much pink around here. Oh, there's a few little bits of it going through. The thing that powers Marwat. Let's keep on rolling through all of the news. What say you? If you're in my chat, say hello. Let me know if you dig this news or you want to talk about something else. I'm pretty flexible about these things. We can vamp. We can do it live. Next articles in Warcrafter, Cyberpunk 2077, and upcoming expansion won't be free. That's full of disappointment right there in a sentence. Confirm CD Projekt. CD Projekt has confirmed that Phantom Liberty, the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077 expansion featuring Keanu Reeves and Sasha Gray, uh, that will be uh, that will open up an all-new district in Night City, and it will not be free. Players have to fork over some cash for Phantom Liberty might seem obvious. They, this author thought so. Uh, but to be fair, CD Projekt muddied the waters a good bit with The Witcher 3, a morass of DLC, expansions, and content, some of which was free and some of it was not. They have an image, but my aggregator does not grab images. You'll have to go over and check it out. One of the reasons why I kind of motivate you to click on that visit the source link, and that'll take you over to pcgamer.com. Andy Chalk is the author. I don't know. Um, depending on the size of this new area, it might be worth it. Um, and, and frankly, I don't want to compare it to The Witcher 3. I mean, there was a lot of free, but there was a lot of uh, pay-to-play stuff. Uh, well, purchase stuff um, uh, across different games. It doesn't really matter. One game should not set the trend for other games depends on the scope of the work that's provided here, right? So how big is this going to be? I, I think I'm going to end up getting Cyberpunk 2077. I held off um, because of the uh, initial train wreck that it was, and then I watched other people, and I was like, well, that kind of does it for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching other people play this game, so it, it looks pretty cool, but am I really going to get into it that much? Um, but they've cleaned up a lot of it and I'm really interested now in, in getting it. So I'll probably end up getting it when this releases cyberpunk 2077 phantom Liberty promises a spy thriller expansion with a new style of plot that centers around a new United States of America, the nation that arose in the wake of the collapse, a release date hasn't been set, but it's expected to be out sometime in 2023 CD project is also working on a full cyberpunk 2077 sequel i hope that i can do more stuff in vr when i have whenever i get my pico oh my gosh i keep getting emails from uh the company that i purchased it from and um they're like yeah 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 it's on the way it's on the way some people are saying 40 days i don't know i don't know how i feel about that let's go on to the next article Next one's in the word in tech. Powerful linear accelerator begins smashing atoms. 
that's the name of my Smashing Pumpkins cover band. I rewrite their lyrics with scientific jargon. Anyway, how it could reveal rare forms of matter just a few hundred feet from where we're sitting, that's the author talking, is a large metal chamber devoid of air and draped with wires needed to control the instruments inside. That's pretty much hometown. A beam of particles passes through the interior of the chamber silently at about half the speed of light until it smashes into a solid piece of material resulting in a burst of rare isotopes. I dig everything about this. Sean Liddick and Artemis Spiru. If there was ever an awesome name, Artemis Spiru is the epitome of it. And I may be pronouncing that last name a little bit wrong, but I'm telling you, this is the type of literary genius in name form. I love this name. Anyway, let's move on. I get distracted easily. This is all taking place in the facility of rare isotope beams or FRIB, which is operated by Michigan State University for the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Science. Interesting. Uh, starting in May 2022, the national and international teams of scientists converged at the Michigan State University and began running scientific experiments at FRIB with the goal of creating, isolating, and studying new isotopes. And the experiments promised to provide new insights into the fundamental nature of the universe. Awesome. I want more of this. So they are two professors in nuclear chemistry and nuclear physics who study rare isotopes and isotopes are in a sense, different flavors of an element with the same number of protons in their nucleus, but different numbers of neutrons and the accelerator at Frib started working at low power, but has been finishing up, ramping up to its full strength. And yes, I am going to confirm not really that if all of the nuclear accelerators fire at the same time, the beams will cross and we will have a complete protonic reversal. The next article is in the four wheel tech channel. Lucid reveals its next electric vehicle, the gravity SUV on Tuesday afternoon, Lucid showed off its next electric vehicle called the gravity. The authors of this art article uh, have known for some time that the Saudi backed EV startup was working on an EV uh, SUV to go with its high end sedan, the air as the prototype has been seen testing in California, but now it's official. Let's take a look at it. I'm going to go through the news really fast today. I think Jonathan M. Gitlin is the author of this over at Ars Technica. And, um, if there's anything, uh, these, these, uh, lucid, um, vehicles are looking pretty, pretty nice, but they're somewhere around the 150 to $200,000 range, right? I think it's, I think it's pretty, it's just too pricey, but Hey, if you can afford this, then good for you. Um, I do know of a streamer that would like to be subsidized if you are interested. Uh, the three, cause I want to expand the number of hours that I'm doing this. 
The three-row SUV goes into production in 2024, which is why Lucid isn't giving out any details about the new machine or other than to say that it's a supercar performance and has more range than any other non-Lucid EV. The company will start taking deposits next year, and while they don't know what the price of the EV is going to be, they say that it's about $200,000. So, yeah... When it added a series of more and more expensive heirs to the range, now crowned at $249,000 Air Sapphire. Wow. It says here, but today it announced that production of the rear-wheel drive Air Pure would begin next year, albeit at a significantly higher price than thought, $87,400, and in the meantime, the $93,000 all-wheel drive Air Pure goes into production later in 2022. Hmm, how much later? Interesting. You only have a month. Let's move on. The next article, which is going to blow your mind because it certainly didn't land well with me, Talk about not hitting it out of the park. Lawyer who missed deadline to watch son's professional baseball debut gets no sympathy on appeal. This is in the Law Nerd channel. I'm just going to go straight over to the ABA journal. Deborah Kassens Weiss, who uh, I love the writing of, says updated. So let's get this right out of the way. A California la lawyer was unable to get his client's case reinstated when a federal appeals court rejected his excuse for missing a court deadline that he was in Illinois to see his son's professional baseball debut. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals at uh, San Francisco confirmed dismissal of the case filed by lawyer Jerry L. Steering of California on behalf of his client, Matthew Rendon. Steering had missed the deadline to file a response to a motion to dismiss the case that he filed on behalf of Rendon. The client who was known as the BB gun bandit was suing Orange County, California under the wow. I, I, I have to say this out loud, but it's part of the law. It's not something that I would just normally talk about prison rape elimination act for a strip search that allegedly included sexual assault, according to an appellate brief in the case. And this guy doesn't show up. The appeals court didn't mention the lawyer's name, but the trial judge who tossed the case September 20th, 2021, identified him as steering. Unbelievable. Let me, let me see. There has to be more context to this. The Ninth Circuit Court found no abuse of discretion. The lawyer's excuse for not meeting a deadline that had already been extended 90 days at his request was frivolous. Counsel chose to attend a ball game instead of timely filing his client's response to the motion to dismiss. That's unbelievable. I wonder if there's going to be an ethics hearing on this. Steering says he represented Rendon's girlfriend, but he had never met Rendon. Another lawyer was supposed to take over the Rendon case, quote, but then he just leaves me with my name hanging out there, Steering says. I wanted to save this guy's case because the other lawyer wasn't doing it. A separate case asserting the same claims for Rendon is pending in state court, Steering says. Is his counsel of record in that case? It looks like it, Steering says. Wow. Interesting. 
Most judges will give you, he says that he's been doing this for 38 years, and most judges will give you a pass to see your kid's first professional baseball game. Really? How many times is there an attorney out there that needs to get a pass for seeing their kid's first professional baseball game? How about filing the (laughs) document in a timely manner? Then you can go and visit whoever you want. Unbelievable. The next article is uh, in the Hatch Ideas channel. Tesla, Mercedes, and Jeep cars give owners the most problems, Consumer Report says, and these are the most and least reliable brands. Consumer Report issued its annual ranking of the most and least reliable car brands. Toyota topped the list, while Mercedes-Benz came in last for the first time ever. I don't know if that's really... uh, amazing thing. I think it's always been, I think, questionable, right? Uh, Consumer reports gathered data on more than 300,000 vehicles with car prices through the roof. It's more important than ever to buy a dependable car that won't need expensive repairs. So this is an article over at businessinsider.com. They always have lots of pictures, you know, because pictures power the internet. Tim Levin is the author. And, um, won't go really through all of this, but it says that um, Consumer Reports released its annual rankings and Toyota was first on the list. Lincoln Ford's premium brand shot up 14 places this year to become the only American brand in the top 10, which was dominated by Asian companies. Some other big moves. BMW rose 10 places while Chevy dropped the same amount. Tesla, which ranked second to last in 2021, jumped four slots. Woo. That's largely because, from my understanding, and I don't have a Tesla, I don't want to buy a Tesla. I mean, I do, but I don't. It really depends on which way the CEO goes. Um, well, anyway, the um, you get a scratch, dent or something, it's really expensive. Um, and I don't like the idea of the battery costing tens of thousands of dollars if you need to get it replaced. It's my understanding again. So Consumer Reports excluded a handful of brands, including Porsche, Rivian, and Jaguar, either due to insufficient information or lack of models sold in the U.S., if you can get your hands on a Rivian. Mercedes-Benz is number 24. Jeep is 23. That's pretty amazing. It's a predicted reliability score of 30. Wow, kind of brutal. Um, they just go down the list. Um, number 20 is Chevrolet. 19 is Tesla. Let's see. Ram is at 16. Uh, that is a pretty mean-looking truck right there, and I think I want it. 2021 Ram 1500 TRX. Looks like it could drive over my current car. Um. I don't know. Volvo, I, uh, my understanding of Volvo is that it's very reliable, so I'm not sure why the 2022 Volvo Volvo XC90 is pictured here and at number 14. I thought it would be higher. Um, Genesis is um, more on the luxury side, and it's got a picture of the G80. It looks really close to a render. I don't think that this is a real picture. Anyway, it's number 12. And um, Kia is in the top 10. 
Yeah, they're actually doing pretty good lately in my perception, but maybe always. I've always liked the Subaru. The Solterra um, has a picture here, but Subaru is number seven. I want an Audi. Mazda is number four. That's pretty typical for Mazda. Lexus is number two. And Toyota is number one. Well, go and check out all of them and uh, over at uh, businessinsider.com. The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. The author of this over at Business Insider analyzed all 48,000 words of Jeff Bezos's Amazon shareholder letter. This is plural. And, um, pardon me. And um, the visionary billionaire does eight impressive things that prove he's a master of written communication. All right. I'm going to just go over to this article. Over at businessinsider.com, Carmine Gallo is the author of this. He says Bezos uses simple, often one-syllable words like UG and zug zug that's two one syllable words in rapid succession i know gallo says bezos also used a day one mindset that involved obsessing over the customer so let's see make the mission your mantra use simple words to talk about hard things again ug and point uh, use the active voice pardon me one second My music was muted. I'm going to leave it muted. Um, use the active voice most of the time. Master the metaphor. Recognize the good writing. That good writing takes time. Uh, the opposite of my speaking. Surround yourself with superstars. That's pretty much the number one thing. If you're going to be a manager, just realize that you're not the smartest person in the room. Realize that you are a human being and so are the people that are around you. There are always going to be smarter, better, faster, stronger, meaner, whatever people around you. Just be human and understand that you're part of a plurality of people, a society even. In his 1998 letter, Bezos revealed the questions Amazon hiring managers ask themselves when they evaluate job applicants. Will you admire this person? Bezos says he always tries to work with people he can learn from or look up to as an example of excellence. Will this person raise the effectiveness of the group? You'll want to be successful in life or your career. Hang around people who challenge you to be your best self. And on what dimension will the person be a superstar? Spend your time around superstars who inspire you to aim higher than you've ever dreamed. That was number six in this list. Number seven is work backward to get ahead. Maintain a day one. Ugh, maintain a day one culture. That's number eight. Day one is not a thing. It's a mindset that stands for obsessing over the customer, thinking long term and bolding, innovating, right? They want to innovate again and again and again to meet customers' needs. That's not their direct quote. But innovation, change, embrace it, make it always better, always better, always better. It says Bezos revealed that day two 
looked like uh, in 2016. Bezos wrote, day two is stasis, followed by irrelevance, followed by excruciating, painful decline, followed by death. And that is why it is always day one. Yeah. Have you ever gone to a brand new restaurant and everything is just impeccable, perfect, and then you go back a year later and it's almost like you are surrounded by what is going to be the end of the business and the quality and the service and everything just looks a little bit more doldrum. Yeah, that's the difference between day one and day two. So this is a neat article. Go and read the rest of it over at businessinsider.com. Again, it's Carmine Gallo that wrote this article. And the final article for today is FTX says that it could have over 1 million creditors in new bankruptcy filing. That's right, 1 million creditors. In an updated filing Tuesday, FTX said that there could be more than 1 million creditors with claims in its bankruptcy case. This article is over at CNBC. And uh, last week when it filed... For Chapter 11 Bankruptcy Protection, FTX indicated that it had more than 100,000 creditors. But an updated filing Tuesday, lawyers for the company said, in fact, there could be more than 1 million creditors in these Chapter 11 cases. Over the past 72 hours, FTX has been in contact with dozens of regulators in the U.S. and overseas. The lawyers wrote... From 32 billion to criminal investigations, how Sam Bankman Freed vanished overnight. Well, their his empire vanished overnight. Um, this is really going to be an interesting situation. Unfortunately, I don't think that there's going to be much that's going to be recovered uh, because I suppose the fastest and most impacted closest to the preferred creditors line (laughs) is going to get their money first. So I think that if you are just now discovering that FTX collapsed and you had money going through it, you're out of your money. Um, And notice I said out of your money. Uh, You're almost out of your mind if you think that you're going to get your money back. Five new independent directors have been appointed at each of the FTX main parent companies, according to the filing, including a former Delaware district judge, Joseph J. Farnan, who will serve as lead independent director. Yeah, FTX basically imploded. More of this is going to come out. Um, This is probably the most um, damning is the commingling of client funds. FTX entered bankruptcy Friday as concerns over its financial health led to a surge in withdrawals and a plunge in the value of its native FTT token. So this is where the problem is. Uh, Sam uh, Bankman freed FTX's founder, stepped aside as CEO, and was replaced at John J. Ray III. FTX initially burn, uh, turned to Binance to rescue the deal. That wasn't going to happen. Over the weekend, FTX was hit with an apparent cyber attack resulting in the theft of more than $400 million worth of tokens. How interesting. FTX faced a severe liquidity crisis that necessitated the filing of these cases on an emergency basis last Friday, says attorney. Questions arose about Mr. Bankman-Fried's leadership and handling of FTX's complex array of assets and businesses under his direction. I think that 
complexity adds to the ability to obfuscate abuse. But that's me. Here's a quote again. I think it's increasingly clear, even at a basic level, that this kind of intermingling of interest between the uh, market maker and the exchange is highly unethical. Jamie Burke, CEO and founder of Web3-focused venture capital firm uh, Outlier Ventures, told CNBC, it's a bit frustrating on the back of everything else that happened with Terra and Luna earlier in the year that actually it's some of the same malpractices of over-leveraging and under-reporting effectively. True. In a cryptic Twitter thread this week, Bankman-Fried wrote the word what, followed by the letters H-A-P-P-E-N-E-D in intermittent tweets. He finished the thread Tuesday with the sentence 10. Not legal advice, not financial advice. This is all... I remember it, but my memory might be faulty in parts. I have a feeling that temporary insanity might be the response to creditors. But I don't know. We shall see. This is going to be super fascinating, and business school is going to have a new... uh, section on cryptocurrency to include FTX. Once the forensic analysis is completed and everything is unwound, what really went down? All I know is that FTX made FTT, over leveraged it. Then there was a run due to, I think, some information being exposed somewhere. Word got out that there was some shenanigans that run which probably started, if you look at it, if the forensics actually comes out and says it, which is rare, the people close to it were able to get their money out fastest. This is a conversation I had, as a matter of fact, today during lunch. People got their money out that were closest, and then all of us peons dragged a couple of pennies out before everything shut down. I wish you all luck. And here's some music. The very end of the show. I am done for today. Again, this is the Hometown Daily News Show for November 15th, 2022. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. Go over, sign up, become a citizen. Then come back and talk with me every day, 6 p.m. Just one hour. Today, I went through it really fast. Didn't soapbox. Only nine articles. Um, I'm going to get out of here. I uh, uh, I have some work that I need to do. And uh, I will miss you all. So come and talk with me later. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact, 6 p.m. Ciao. Mm-hmm.